Hi, this is Ibarian X, and welcome to another episode of The Candid Frame. This episode of The Candid Frame is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, and now an online store. Squarespace introduces a new commerce solution that allows you to instantly create a store and start selling products. Squarespace Commerce provides a powerful and flexible e-commerce solution, integrated to work with every Squarespace template, allowing sales for both physical and digital goods. For example, you can sell music CDs or MP3s, hardcover books or eBooks, or even photographs. Fast merchant account setup so that you can accept payments right away, credit or debit cards. Single interface for order management, tracking orders, providing customer email updates, printing and shipping labels, and adding coupons. Squarespace Commerce is included with a business plan subscription, which starts at just $24 a month when you sign up for a year. And with people today using so many different devices to browse the web and visit a photographer's website, Squarespace gives you and your website users the best mobile experience as well. Squarespace has developed new templates with mobile-ready responsive designs, which means your site automatically restructures to look great on any brand's smartphone, tablet, or computer. When you add an image to your site, seven different versions are created so that the correct size loads for the device, so your site looks professionally designed no matter how it's viewed. For a free trial, go to squarespace.com forward slash candid frame. Sign up for a free account. No credit card is required. Just try it out and start building your site today. Then if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code CANDIDFRAME3 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, including monthly and annual plans. That's squarespace.com and use the offer code CANDIDFRAME3. Everything you need to create an exceptional website. This week, I'm going to try something a little different. Every once in a while, I'll try to shake things up a bit by making a different choice in terms of what I release for, for the podcast. And today, rather than interview another photographer, what I wanted to do was sort of ruminate out loud about some things that I've been thinking of recently. I've been entertaining the idea of these two new projects. Uh, one of them is photo-related, another one isn't. They're both both creative uh, endeavors, but I started feeling the usual bouts of anxiety and fear and trepidation about both of these things because they both involved new territory for me. And as I started feeling these feelings and I found myself beginning to procrastinate about doing the work to get those things done, I started thinking about, well, what have I learned from all these interviews that I've done? And I started thinking... You know, I've met all these different photographers from all over the world, different sexes, different generations. And what is what have been the biggest takeaways that I've received as a result of interviewing these photographers that could really help me in terms of looking at what I'm facing now in terms of these two new projects? And so I started to write something down. And instead of just, you know, writing them down in my diary and, and keeping them to myself, I thought that, well, let me just speak all this stuff out loud. And maybe other people out there will benefit from, from what I'm doing here. 
If you favor the interviews, uh, we'll be back to that normal schedule next week. But I've always found that hearing about someone else's creativity and the challenges of their creativity and how they sort of surmount those have always been one of the big reasons I, I started this show, because I was always wondering, well, how do other people do it? I'm just going to read these things out to you and sort of share my thoughts about them. And hopefully it's something that, that resonates for you. The number one for me was what I'm feeling at the moment has little to do with getting the work done. And there have been plenty of times where I've not been in the mood to sit down and write something, or I haven't been in the mood to go out and make, make a photograph. Some of it may be that I'm in a funk about something or that I'm depressed or I'm not necessarily sort of inspired. And a lot of the photographers and a lot of the other creative people that I've met uh, don't ever talk about those feelings deterring them from going out there and actually producing the work. They may have those feelings. They may have those bouts of anxiety and fear and self-doubt. But when it comes right down to it, they sit down there and they, they, they do the work. Uh, it's sort of, as a friend likes to tell me, making it okay to be comfortable within the discomfort. And then when you make that choice to be comfortable even though you're feeling uncomfortable and you just make it okay and you don't let that let that be the arbiter of whether or not you do something or not, you're able to get to what you need to do. You're able to sit down and write an article, write a story, go out and make, make a photograph. Because otherwise, you're sort of wrestling with this feeling that isn't necessarily going to go away just because you want to wish it away. And, and those moments have, you know, happened to me a lot less now than they used to, but it still comes up for me. And I would, I would usually be a real slave to that. I would let those feelings sort of allow me to make the choice not to sit down and write, not to make the photograph, not to go out to do something that I'm saying to myself, I really want to do. And then just sort of being sucked up into the mud and lamenting the fact that I'm in the mud rather than just pulling myself out and washing myself off and moving on. And even if I don't get to wash myself off, if even if I'm covered in this mud, that I don't have to wait until I get everything off in order to just go out and do what I need to do. If I need to do it, I just need to sit down and do it. And then at some point, when I make the choice to do those creative things that I'm desiring to do, I lose sight of the fact that I may have not been in the proper mindset or in the proper mood at that particular moment. Once I start releasing the shutter, once I start putting words on paper and I see that stuff happening in front of me, all of a sudden, whatever feelings I had sort of go away. They, they don't necessarily go away. They get dampened. They get muted a bit. And waiting for those feelings to go away has never worked for me. If anything, what ends up happening is that day I don't get anything done. And then I beat myself up for not having accomplished it. And then the next day I may feel a little better and then I'll go out and do it. But there is a day that I've completely wasted. And every time I've sat down or gone out and actually done the work, despite the fact that I was feeling this way, I was always able to accomplish something. It may have not been the best work that I've ever produced, but just the process of, of making the choice to go out there and take some action always resulted in something much better than simply sulking. Second thing I wrote down is, if I'm fixated on the outcome, I'll miss out on enjoying the process. And this is one of the things I'm, I'm really guilty uh, about a lot. I'm always focused on what the end result is going to be, how people are going to react to it. Are they going to like it? Uh, are they going to think that it's a piece of crap? And that 
fixation with what other people's opinions are going to be about the work can be really catastrophic for, for me because it just paralyzes me. It not only ends up resulting in me procrastinating, but it can also hamper my ability to really put my best foot forward, to put everything I can into something. Well, I have to let go of this idea that I have any control over someone else's opinion about the end result. I don't. I can want that everyone likes every book that I've written, that every episode of this podcast is something that people completely are in love with, that every photograph I make, you know, makes them want to buy a print to hang up on their wall. And the reality is that's not going to happen. And even if it did, I don't have any control over it. The only thing I have any control over is sitting down and creating sentences, creating paragraphs, writing a story, writing an article, making a photograph, making a print. That's the only thing I have any complete control over. And anyone else's opinion about that process, I have no control over. And so for me to obsess on that and have that hamper my enjoyment of the process just defeats the whole purpose. One of the things that I, I, I always take away from, from photographers, particularly these photographers who have worked on their personal projects, and it's one of the reasons why I focus so much on them, is they often talk about how much they love what they're doing. They're out there making portraits. They're out there living in communities, or they're going out, out into the wilderness to make landscape pictures. And, and without exception, when I talk to them, you really hear the joy in their voice. They're, they're having so much fun. They're doing what they're doing. They're doing what they felt they were born to do. And I'm sure that they have moments there where they're struggling, where they're feeling like, uh, you know, it, it's not exactly working. But I almost guarantee you that they're not fixated when they're making that portrait of that subject going, I wonder how many people are going to really like this photograph. Because that completely defeats the purpose. Not only will it, ha it hamper, would it hamper their ability to be able to make the photograph that they're meant to make, but it will take away any enjoyment or any, any fun that they have in the moment. I know for me that there are times when I'm out there shooting where any concern about what somebody else is going to think is not even on my radar. And I'm just out there walking the streets or making a portrait, and I'm just so immersed in what I'm doing and realizing, God, I'm doing something that I, that I, I really love, that it's one of those great moments of my life where I'm just filled with, with joy, that I'm just so happy that I'm not locked up in some cubicle somewhere where I, you know, where I was earlier in my life being unhappy that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And here I am doing just that. And I forget that. I forget the fact that, you know, soon after college, I was working at a job, I was in a cubicle, and I hated it. I hated the fact that I wasn't going out there and making photographs, that I wasn't writing the kinds of things that I was writing. And here I am today, and I'm doing all those things that I was lamenting that I wasn't doing 20 years ago, and yet sometimes I'm not enjoying it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm so preoccupied with what someone else is going to think or whether or not this is going to sell well or whether this is going to respond well. And the issue is, man, I am so lucky to be doing what I'm doing that that's all I should be focused on. So I need to sort of let go of any expectation that someone else out there is going to love it or hate it. It doesn't really make any difference because in the end, what I need to do is what I feel I'm meant to do. And and when I do that, then this burden of, of other people's opinions about the work and me sort of just go away. The third thing is fear or anxiety is a barometer 
that tells me I know I'm going in the right direction. And fear and anxiety, and I think I've talked about this before, I've always seen it as sort of a, a brick wall. I'm going in a certain direction and all of a sudden this big wall of fear and anxiety comes up and everything comes to a stop. And I'm just feeling like this big ball of anxiety, feeling like I can't, I can't get anything done. I can't put the word on the page. I can't pick up the camera. I, can, I just, yeah, I get paralyzed by it. And then I was, and I forget who I was talking to. I don't know if it was uh, during one of the interviews or just during my, one of my conversations in the real world, but there was a photographer who said, you know, he, he sees fear as a barometer, as a way of measuring where he's at. And he said that along the lines that, you know, when I feel fear and anxiety, that tells me that I'm going in the right direction, that I'm doing something right. And that really has stuck with me. And when I thought about it over the last couple of days, I realized how true that is. Because when I was in that cubicle and I was just not doing anything that was particularly challenging, nothing that really kind of pushed me, I never felt fear and anxiety. I may have felt unhappy, frustrated, um, lamenting what I wanted my life to be as compared to what it was. But I didn't have moments where I was feeling fear and anxiety because everything was spelled out for me. There was a job that I needed to do. It wasn't particularly challenging. You know, it was it was just what I needed to do. I knew exactly what I needed to do, how to do it. And then at five o'clock, I could punch out and I'd be on my way home. And there were a few times during that job where I ever felt that anxiety and that fear that I normally feel when I'm trying to do something creative for myself. So that tells me a lot. That tells me that when I'm feeling that fear and that anxiety, that I'm doing something different, that I'm doing something that is unfamiliar territory, that that's probably actually a really good thing. That it isn't, isn't something to be dreaded. It isn't something that I, I need to wish to go away. It's, it's something that allows me to, to take an assessment in terms of where, where I am and say, okay, I'm feeling this. Why am I feeling this? Why am I so scared about it? And sometimes it's a part of, you know, my fear of the, the final outcome about other people's opinions, you know, about how they're going to feel about it. But sometimes it's, it's something else entirely. It's about, you know, maybe, maybe that I'm not sure about how I'm doing this and maybe I need to make a different choice or maybe I need to explore different options that I don't necessarily have to allow it to stop me cold, but rather to step back and take a look at what I'm doing and see maybe there's a different choice in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And maybe that choice will allow me to do something better or I may realize that that there, no, uh, that there isn't another way of doing this any better and the way that I'm doing it is perfectly fine. But if I don't take a step back and take a look at what I'm doing, I won't realize what that is. I know that with with the podcast, when I created it seven years ago, it was one of the few things in my life where I didn't have any fear or anxiety about. There was just something about it that I just knew that was going to work. And that gets to the, the next point, which is number four, not knowing what I'm doing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Let me repeat that. Not knowing what I'm doing isn't a bad thing. And when I started this podcast, I knew nothing about recording audio, about uploading a podcast, about creating a blog. I knew nothing about this stuff. But there was something in me that said, if you do this, it's going to be successful. And that all I had to do was to do the work. And when I look back in perspective, I had no business starting this podcast because, I, like I said, I just didn't know any, anything about it. I didn't have any, I didn't have a pedigree. I didn't have any 
you know, I didn't have any credentials that, that would say that, okay, you're the per- perfect person to go out there and start this thing. And it was interesting that it didn't let, it, I didn't let that stop me because I really wanted to do it. I felt like, God, if I can, if I can bring all this stuff together, bring these conversations in and record them and put it out there, I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people because I knew I wanted to hear these things. I wanted to hear these conversations. I wanted to hear these photographers say, say these things that would keep me inspired in terms of my own photography. It was a real selfish reason to do it because I needed to hear it. And I wasn't finding this elsewhere. I wasn't finding it in other podcasts. I often was not finding it in other in magazine articles and some of the books. And I felt like I just want a frank discussion about what it means to be creative and to sustain that over a lifetime. And I felt that this podcast would do just that. And I think propelled by that desire really sort of helped me to do it. So the fact that I, I didn't know what I was doing wasn't a, a bad thing for me. I just knew that I just need to figure it out. I just need to figure out how do you, what's the difference between an MP3 and a, and a, and a wave, and a wave file? How do you edit this thing? How do you use GarageBand? How do you upload a podcast? How do you get people to know that this podcast even exists so they can listen to it? How do I track who's coming to the website? Who's listening to the show? All this stuff was completely new to me. And even though there were a bunch of hiccups throughout that whole process and, and, you know, some shows that really just don't cut the mustard in terms of audio quality or, or I just wasn't all there in terms of how I was conducting the interview. It didn't matter because I felt that each time I was doing it, I was having so much fun doing it. And I was hearing things that really were helping me that even though some of the end results in terms of the podcast and what was I was doing with the website and so on was less than perfect, even though it may not have compared favorably to stuff that we, was being done on NPR or on public radio or on another podcast, that it really didn't matter because I was getting what I needed from the process and I was getting better. And as I listened to each episode and as I saw myself improving, I gained a level of satisfaction by the fact that I realized I'm growing, I'm getting better, that things are improving and that people are resonating with it because those numbers of listeners, when they started growing and I heard more and more people listening to the show and I would get people recognizing me for, for, for the podcast, I realized that, wow, I am getting something right from someone who had absolutely no knowledge to of how to do this to the point where people are coming up to me or emailing me and saying, I listen to the show and I get so much from it is really heartening. And the fact that I didn't know how to do it in the first place became a moot point because what I was doing is I was making the choice that despite the fact that I don't know how to do this, I want to make the commitment to myself to go out there and figure out how to do it and get better. And yes, I will make mistakes. Yes, I will fall on my face sometimes and, and do so in a very public fashion, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because all these mistakes let me know that I can do things better. And this, and this is the, the last point I wanted to make that failing means I get another opportunity to go out and do it again. This idea of being such a perfectionist that every time I get up to bat that I have to knock it out of the park may be some nice ideal, but it has no basis in reality. If I, if I burden myself that every time I raise the camera to my eye, it had to be a perfect image, I would never make a photograph. 
if I felt like every paragraph that I put down on a, on a blank sheet of paper was supposed to be some glorious gift from from God, that, that's not going to happen. If every podcast that I felt had to be the most impressive and heartwarming and engaging conversation that anyone has ever heard on a podcast or radio, I would even turn on the mic. So I go out there and I do it, and sometimes I fall on my face, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes people say they don't like it. But the thing is, is I've made the choice to go out and do it. I did it. And even when it failed, or even when it fell short of where I thought it could be, almost inevitably, I've always had an opportunity to go out there and do it again. In the last couple of years, I've written, going, it's going on five books now. I felt the same level of anxiety and fear every time I sat down to begin a new project. But just like with that first one, once I was done and I'd put my all into it, I felt like, okay, I, I, I did my best. And whether it, it does gangbusters or whether it just falls completely on, it, on its face, I'm good with it because I know I put my all into it. And then as a result, I had another opportunity and I got a chance to do it again. I wasn't back in my cubicle thinking about the life I would love to have because all of a sudden here I was, I had the life that I want. I'm working for myself. I get to write. I get to write a book that ends up being on the shelf in my local bookstore in, in, in my hometown. I get to go out there and I get to shoot with friends and get to talk photography. It's almost as much as I, as I, as I can or, or, or care to. I get to engage with people and I get to live a life that, that enjoys a, a lot more freedom than I ever had imagined that I could have. So this fear and this anxiety and this stuff that I'm feeling right now about these two new projects, you know, I just have to be okay with it. I may get some mornings and it may be just absolutely oppressive, but, you know, I, I'm lucky. I can pick up the phone and there's some friends that I will call and I'll just say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. And some of them aren't photographers. Some of them are musicians and they're writers and I can connect with them and they go, yep, you know, I go through that same stuff. And they tell me how they get through it. And then I take away from that. And then I sit down. And then I'm able to get to work. Sometimes I'm, I'm able to get a lot done. Some days I'm just able to get a little done. But I don't beat myself up over the fact that, oh, today I only wrote 500 words as opposed to 1,000 words. Or that I didn't go out and make the pictures today that I wanted to make. I, you know, I can add a lot of fuel to that fire of that, that negative thinking. And one of the things that I'm working on doing today is, is letting a lot of that stuff go. I mean, I really love the fact that for the most part, most of my professional life revolves around being creative. I am really lucky and blessed in that way. I really don't have much to complain about when it comes to this. So when I, when I, when I think about the fact that I get these two projects and I do have some fear and anxiety and trepidation about taking these things on and exploring new territory as an artist or as a creative, you know, that the flip side of that anxiety is the fact that I have a lot to be excited about because I have the choice to go out and do this stuff. Not a lot of the people there don't have that choice or feel like they don't have the choice. I do. And the only thing that's standing in between me between me now at this very moment and getting that stuff done are just those feelings. And those feelings aren't real. Those feelings are just are, are transitory. They're not going to be there tomorrow. So why not just get the work that I need to get done today? Do it today, knowing that those feelings are going to be tomorrow, are going to be there tomorrow. Why don't I just go out and just do the thing that I really love to do and take the time to really enjoy it and have fun with it? 
I'm not able to do that all the time. There are some days I'll tell you that I barely can get out of bed. But there are other days where I get out of bed and I just, I, you know, I, I muster up and I get back, get through those feelings and I go out there and I make the photographs or I write the words. And at the end of the day, I just feel so satisfied that I had another day to be able to do what I love to do. And I'm really blessed with respect to that. And uh, this podcast is a big, is a big part of that, is a big part of that. I'm really grateful to all of you who, you know, who, bo- who bothered to listen every week, who write me in. Um, this may have been sort of a crazy little rant, but I hope it resonates with, with many of you. And uh, I hope that it proves helpful to you. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'm, I know I'm not the only one out there who feels this way, who goes with this. And, um, you know, what I'd, I'd love to do is, is to hear from you, literally hear from you. If, if you want or the desire to record something on your, on your computer or your digital recorder or even your, 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 your iPhone and just send me those messages. It just needs to be an MP3. Uh, I don't know if I'll do anything with them. I, I'm toying with the idea that I might, you know, share uh, a lot of those recordings or some of those recordings on a future podcast. Uh, if I get enough of them to uh, justify being able to do that. But I think that a lot of people out there could really benefit from hearing from you. How you, how do you deal with this stuff? How do you contend with that fear and anxiety or how, how don't you do it? Let's just create a dialogue on, on, on this topic out there. I think it would be interesting. I don't know that any other podcast or any other show has really provided sort of a, an opportunity for people to do that. And, uh, if any, enough people are interested in it, in it, you know, we might be able to create something of value to, uh, each other and for a lot of other people. And if not, well, we always have our normal set of interviews every week here on The Candid Frame. Thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you have a great creative week. The Candid Frame is supported by donations from people just like you. You can help support the work we do here by visiting the website at thecandidframe.com and contributing using PayPal. You can also support the show by writing a review in the iTunes Music Store or by adding a link to the podcast on your website or blog. The editor for this show is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. Music is by Kevin McLeod. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame. <laughs>